Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now coming up on today's episode, it's no big surprise who the guests are. I really hope most of you that are listening right now have listened to episode 17 because this forms part of a trilogy dedicated special to the room actors, Where Are They Now? And today is part two. Now, if you'd listened to the last episode, episode 17, I was joined by Robin Paris and also Philip Holderman. Two great interviews that have had great feedback in only just a couple of days. It's been so nice to read people that have just discovered the room that then get an even bigger insight to the movie, but also what it's like to work on set with Tommy Wiseau. Not only that, I've also spoke to Robin and Philip themselves and they actually listened back to the episodes and they really enjoyed them and really thought it was a really good interview. So you can't get much better feedback or praise than the people you actually interview. So thank you to Robin and also to Philip for taking the time to join me on this big special that I've set out to do. This journey has taken me about eight months so far and it's been a big, big project and I really do appreciate all the people that take the time to send me a comment on Facebook or tweet me your reaction or even drop me an email. It's so nice to read people that really enjoy these discussions that I have with the people from the movie industry. That doesn't stop today. So on today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Dan Jagjigin, that's not an easy thing to say, who plays the role of Chris R., Now this is kind of a robber that attacks Denny for some money that he owes him. We think it's drugs but we don't really ever get the full story. A very small part in the room but again when you ever go and see this film in a cinema with the interactive audience he's a huge huge hit in this. He comes from nowhere, we have no backstory but all we know is he's after Denny and he pulls a gun on him. Not only that I'm joined today by Carolyn Minette who plays Claudette in the room. This is Lisa's mum. Someone that has a heart-to-heart, that knows that Lisa's having the affair against Johnny with Mark. A huge, huge role in this film. And again, we have heart-to-heart conversations between her and Lisa that also result in her announcing halfway through a conversation she has breast cancer. Which is a bit random, but this is just a little part of what makes Tommy so special as a director, a filmmaker and an actor. You know how much I love The Room, that's why I've spent the last eight months putting together this special and I really, really hope you enjoy these interviews today. So let's kick things off with the interview with me and Dan talking all things The Room. So Dan, I first wanted to ask you about how it came about that you auditioned and was starring in The Room. Well, it was was actually a really funny story. I had just moved to Los Angeles. I'd been, uh, uh, I was living in Northern California and I had just finished up... uh, bobsledding in the Olympics. I'd, I had bobsledded for about nine years and in 2002 had uh, competed in Salt Lake City and right afterwards uh, moved up to actually live with one of my best friends up in LA. And during that time, uh, he actually had gone and auditioned for this this movie uh, where he was going to play Mark in the room. And so uh, he came to me and said, hey, uh, you know, there's this opportunity for you to go out and, and they're looking for a guy who's kind of built and he's going to be this thug and this drug dealer you should come try out for the, uh, for the movie. So uh, I, one of the reasons I'd moved to L.A. was to get into the acting scene and see if I could pursue that. That was something I'd always wanted to do. So I went down, and that was my first experience meeting <laughs> Mr. Tommy Wiseau. So it was, uh, it was really funny. Uh, Dan Wells, who was my roommate at the time and who was playing Mark at the time, had given me a little bit of background on Tommy and had, had uh, expressed to me he said when you go see him he said you need to know at least one of the the basic ideas of acting you know Stanislavski or you have to sound like you kind of know what you're talking about so he gave me a crash course in that 
and I met with Tommy and uh, kind of, you know, we, we had a short interview. He had me rehearse some of the lines uh, for Chris R. And, and that's how things got started. Because that's something I wanted to know. Like, did you actually audition just for that part or was it just to be in the room or was the whole audition to be the part of Chris R.? No, that, the audition from start to finish was all Chris R. So it was, it was all about playing the thug. Brilliant. So I spoke to some of the other stars of the room and they've all turned around and said that they were put on the spot and having to kind of react to winning the lottery or to some really bad news. Was that the kind of audition you went through? Was it just going over certain scenes or what was the first experience like? No, it was. And you have to remember, for me, everything for me, I I just took for granted that that was normal. Right. So I I had no acting background. So everything that happened on the room, at least for, you know, for most of the time that we were on set, I just was kind of under the impression I guess this is how all movies go so it was a <laughs> it was an odd first uh, first impression but uh, yeah when I went in and interviewed with him he had me you know kind of playing the part he wanted to see a lot of emotion he wanted to see a lot of anger uh, so uh, you know yeah from day one it was it was pretty much you know put your put everything out that you could put out I just picked up on the fact that you said that you kind of went through a few lines. I mean, literally, in this film, you have probably two or three lines in the whole thing. So what was what were you doing? Were you just repeating those same lines in more angry or more agitated, or what was it kind of doing? Yeah, no, I mean, you, you nailed it. It's It wasn't as much what, what the lines were. It was just it was just he wanted to see how much emotion you could put out. So the funny thing is with my character, obviously, you're talking about a guy who really needed to just get pissed. Right. Yeah, it was that. Uh, I, I guess pissed. pissed has a different meaning for you guys in the UK, but you know, really got angry. You know, so it wasn't as abnormal as maybe Denny or or you know uh, Carolyn's role or any anybody else's role that that might have been a little odd for me. It was like, okay, well, this guy's supposed to get really mad at this guy at this character, Denny. So uh, getting animated wasn't wasn't didn't seem that odd at the time. Did you find out a couple of days later? I mean, how, how did it work out? Did you get told there and then by Tommy himself that you were going to be in this film? Or It was pretty quick. I, I didn't find out there and then, but it was within a couple of days. I believe uh, Greg actually called me, um, and, and Greg and I became very quick friends on set. He Actually, he and I remained very good friends through the years afterwards, but uh, he had called me up and told me that I had gotten the role, and so I was actually going back and forth to the set with uh, uh, with my roommate Dan while he was still part of the uh, part of part of the cast he obviously ended up quitting and greg took his uh, his part you know uh maybe a few weeks later so then obviously a few months down the line um i believe that not many of the cast got to see the film until the kind of the first night premiere um was that the same for you did you get to see an early cut or was it just a case of you saw the final thing once it was all done yeah the only cuts i saw um again just because of my friendship with greg uh you know, the main thing I had been taught was that when you go and do these movies, the reason you do them, you know, these little indie films was to get some real, right? You'd have some film that you could use for trying to get other parts, you know, uh, show work that you've done. So Greg was, you know, good enough to help me kind of get a clip. So I saw some of the things that I had personally done that uh, he had given me, I think back then there were VHS tapes of those parts. But as far as the whole movie, uh, all of us uh, were first exposed to the entire movie uh, the night of the premiere. That was the first time I saw the whole thing. So what was your first reaction when you sat there, you're with the rest of the cast, the film comes on, you're not really knowing what to expect, and try and explain to me what it was like seeing it on the screen, because some people say it's one of the funniest, best masterpieces ever, and other people call it the worst film ever made. What what was your kind of feeling about it? I thought it was, uh, you know what, honestly, the first thing I thought, uh, just really uh, a short time into the film, I thought that, I, I was petrified, because I thought that I had been filmed in a, in a softcore Porn movie, and I, and I say that, and, I, and I'm not kidding. 
uh, you know, the first that that really extended scene of Tommy and and uh, you know and, and Lisa. Uh, I, I was sitting there. I'm like, oh my god, what did I? Because you know, none of us had no knew what the script was, right? I had no clue what was going to come up after that. All I knew was my, you know, 45 seconds of screen time or whatever it was. So at that point, I'm thinking, you know, what did I get myself into? You know, because I, I just had no clue. So that was honestly one of my first reactions. But then it, as the film went on, it was just a very uncomfortable, you know, thing. I mean, we just thought we had just watched this horrible bomb. You know, people were chuckling. They didn't want to laugh out loud because, you know, obviously the director, writer, you know, uh, an actor was sitting there. Uh, but it was, you know, it was just it was a very surreal experience to kind of sit through it and, and, and see it and understand what the movie was supposed to be about for the first time. So what do you think now? Obviously, 14, 15 years on, this film is still selling out. I believe you've been with yourself and Mark at screenings where you've seen the spoons being thrown at the screen. And surely now it must be great to have looked back at being part of this cult classic. Isn't it the craziest thing, though? It's insane. It's, it's me. Yeah, it's insane. I, mean, I don't have any other words for it. I mean... To, to think about the fact that this thing was filmed in 2000 and, you know, like you said, it's been 14 years now, 14, 15 years, and that this thing was filmed back then and released in 2003, and, you know, you would never expect this movie to go anywhere, but it was, uh, you know, it's still playing, and, you know, I still get, you know, emails and texts and calls, and, you know, I was in uh, Spain last year with my, my wife, and, you know, and, and we got mobbed. It was crazy. You know, uh, it was just a, a very odd thing. We were in Sevilla, and, you know, a bunch of guys came out and recognized us, and I'll see Tommy Wiseau, you're tearing me apart, Lisa, T-shirts, and, you know, in Vegas when I'm at meetings, and it's just, it's the weirdest thing, and I, I love it. I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie and say that I don't, because I absolutely think it's it's one of the coolest things to be a part of. So how does it feel now, knowing that we've getting the disaster artist, and with James yeah. Franco's backing and acting, and I, I strongly believe that Zac Efron is playing you in the movie? Yeah, my my fourteen year old daughter loves that. How much of a, a kind of head fuck is that for you? Uh, yeah, yeah, you nailed it. That's uh, that's that's pretty much a, as big a one as you can get. I mean, you know, my uh, I don't know. I mean, when I heard that the movie was coming out, I thought, you know, hey, this would be great. Maybe we can get in touch with James Franco and play extras. You know, I mean, I would never want to play myself. That would be stupid. But you know, it'd be great to get on the film and and maybe just be like a, a bartender in one scene or or something like that. So me and a bunch of the people that we did the mockumentary with um, had talked about and tried to connect with them. And unfortunately, we never really got any call back on that. Uh, but, you know, the fact that they're putting it together and they've got this star cast, which is, you know, Sharon Stone and, you know, uh, you know uh, Zac Efron and Josh Hutchinson and all these, you know, the Francos and Seth Rogen is just, yeah, it's insane. It's like, the, I always joke around, I say, you know, the room is kind of that gift that keeps on giving. And that's something that is... It just blows my mind to see that there's these massive stars now basically bringing the room to a whole new audience because I feel like it's a bit of a, a cult film that's a you want to keep it close to your heart. You tell people about it and try and kind of get the word out there about this little secret movie that not many people know about and then they fall in <laughs> love with it and it's you suddenly become obsessed with it and you watch it three or four times and you keep quoting lines from it. To know that now James Franco is going to put it out there it's going to be huge. It's going to, everyone is going to be walking around doing Johnny quotes and it's, it's going to be crazy. I hope so. I mean, it's just, you know, like, like you said, you know, it's, it's, it's been a really fun ride, you know, to be able to be a part of it. So if it, if it picks up steam again and, and goes from there, that'll just be a really fun thing. And, you know, my kids are now at an age where they can, 
you know, they can appreciate that a little bit more. I mean, obviously, you know, when, you know, years ago when this came out, they, they didn't even exist, you know, so it's, it's kind of neat to, to see some of the groundswell and, uh, and hopefully it's something I can kind of share with them and have some fun with. And even the other day I saw a set picture that had leaked online and Brian Cranston was in it. And I was just like, that has just blown my mind even more. Yeah. Walter White, man. What, what better, what better character than, uh, the guy from Breaking Bad? <sighs> see, if he was, now if he was playing me, that would be really cool. <laughs> Zach Efron is cool, but Brian Cranston would be so much cooler. Maybe if we ever get a uh, a follow up when they do the room too, you never know. Yeah, call me. <laughs> so do you, do you still keep in touch with? I know you just mentioned you speak to um, Greg, but do you still speak to Tommy? I mean, I, I've I've I, I've spoke to a lot of the cast, and not many people really speak to him anymore. He's kind of isolated and cut himself off quite a bit. But do you ever speak to him or have any contact? No, I had. I uh, actually I haven't. I haven't seen Tommy. Uh, I think the only time that I've seen Tommy since uh, filming and since the premiere was um, really the first time that I went to a showing where somebody said, "Hey, you got to come by and check this out." There's this groundswell, and I'd gone and, and Tommy introduced it. Um, beyond that, we've kind of missed each other. I haven't been in any of the openings with him. He was here in Austin, where I live now in Austin, Texas. He was here for uh, a movie last year, and I was I was going to just actually go show up to it as well. Um, they were playing at the Alamo out here. And unfortunately, timing didn't work uh, for me to be able to make it. But that uh, that would have been really fun to to show up and see what his reaction would have been. You should have surprised him just in that beanie hat and just walk in with a plastic gun or something and just <laughs> freak him out. That was the plan. That that was the plan. Yeah, I'd planned on going out there and, and doing it, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, just timing wise, uh, I don't I don't remember what came up. But uh, yeah, if I get the opportunity again, I I definitely would try to do that. Amazing. So I think you just touched upon this new um, TV series that's coming out at the moment, hopefully being produced by Robin Paris, who plays Michelle. Uh, the room actors, where are they now? How, how's that been for you? I think, obviously, we're hoping that it gets commissioned for a full season. Man, she did, she did really a great job. I mean, it's, it's really weird for me to watch it because, you know, there's parts of it that are so hokey, but that's the way it's supposed to be. But, you know, when she reached out to us, uh, she reached out a couple of years ago about this idea of putting that together and you know, the actors getting some kind of control over what's been happening with the room because, you know, Tommy controls so much of it. And then Greg put out a book. So he's, you know, kind of had control over his little thing of it. And the rest of us have just kind of been on this, you know, riding this wave that we have no control on. So, you know, she said, hey, let's let's put together this thing. And, you know, who wants to get involved? And I think there were about five or six of us that said, yeah, you know, count us in. Uh, but she she really did excellent, and, and the first uh, episode looks great. So if it gets picked up, uh, I think I think it'll be a lot of fun to continue to be a part of that. So are you being Dan in that? I suppose I suppose that you're not being Chris. You're playing yourself now. Well, it, you know, it's uh, it's kind of like if you morphed me and Chris together. I, apparently, that's that's who it is. So uh, the mockumentary is is uh, you know when I play in that part, she's she's kind of got me playing Chris R as if you know I was you know, so stuck on the idea of the room that I kind of took on Chris's character. And here, you know, 15 years later, this is what my life looks like, you know, taking care of kids, taking care of the house and, you know, and still trying to balance my Chris R mentality. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a morphing of me and him. I'm getting so excited the more and more I talk to people about this. And I just, I really hope it gets the full season so we can watch the whole sort of 10 episodes because it sounds hilarious already. As a matter of fact, when we were on set, I probably saw michelle once or twice ever if at all i'm, I'm you know it's been so many years now I, I i don't remember she wasn't somebody that i primarily hung out with um really hung out more with carolyn and you know and uh philip and uh greg and that that whole side of the crew but you know when she caught in touch with us and said hey you know i was a ucla you know film student 
I believe it was UCLA, and that you know uh, she wanted to put this together. I, I didn't really know what to expect, and to see the you know the way that she was able to go out and do the GoFundMe and and raise all the money that we needed to do to get started, and being out there and seeing this full scale you know crew, and that this just wasn't somebody out there with a, a you know a, a DV camera. I mean, she she really did this. Uh, professionally, so I think anybody that sees it will uh, appreciate the amount of work and time that she put into it. Obviously, following on from the room, you filmed this film. It came out. You still get spoken to now by fans and mobbed in some places. What else have you been up to over these last sort of ten years? Has there been much more acting work from it, or have you taken a kind of a a U turn and done something else with your life? Or how how's it been since the room? You know, it's it's weird. I. You know, my passion has always been that side of it. I mean, one of the reasons I moved to LA was to do the acting side, and um, and you know, we we've, we've been involved. I, I was lucky enough to get involved in you know a couple of successful restaurants and whatnot in LA, and uh, opened a restaurant and music venue out here in Austin that I, I had for several years. Um, so that that was kind of one part of it. Uh, you'd laugh to know now I am a actually own a <laughs> an insurance brokerage, uh, so we've got offices in several states and whatnot. So that's that's really what I've been doing for the you know, past decade, um, you know, intermixed with other things. But, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an insurance guy, man. That's what I do. I go out and protect people from cancer. <laughs> so a much better job than walking around with a gun selling drugs. Sure. You know, I, I was selling drugs before, and now I'm now I'm protecting people from, you know, harmful effects of, you know, or, or I guess getting them money so they can get cancer, you know, ridding drugs. So there you go. So what's the future looking like for you? Is there any projects you're working on at the moment or anything that you want to discuss? Yeah, so a couple things we're doing. One, uh, one thing that uh, we've been doing in conjunction with the uh, the masterpiece coming out, we've got a website that we just launched. Uh, we've got a, a a page that we've had on Facebook for years, which has done really well, um, and it's the Chris R official page. Chris R obviously has a hyphen in it, but um, we are launching uh, or just launched a website, and it's chrisr.org. Uh, so chris-r.org. And we're doing a really a lot of fun things with it. Uh, I'm actually going to be releasing my own book, uh, which will be coming out uh, again right about the time that the uh, that the room comes out. And we're going to have two books that come out. One is going to be kind of an autobiographical, you know, my my view of the room and kind of what's happened since then. And then the uh, other book is we're going to be releasing a short comic book, uh, kind of in the style of Marvel. So Chris R is going to be, uh, you know, for all the people that wanted to know. <clears throat> the history of Chris R and where he came from and what kind of drugs were they and you know what happened to him after he was arrested this uh, this comic book that we're going to be coming out with is going to be uh, talking about all that and on the website right now we're taking submissions from uh, people from all around the uh, globe uh, if anybody wants to add to the story of Chris R and they've got their own ideas of where he came from and the genesis of the name and all that good stuff uh, they can actually go and submit directly to that uh, site the chris-r.org site and if they uh, if their ideas are used, we're going to uh, give them credit in that comic when it comes out. So it's uh, it's really a way for us to connect with the fans and get them involved with uh, some of the fun things that we're going to have coming up. That's amazing, literally, because that was one of my questions: was we get this character come on set to, you know, we we kind of start to warm towards Denny, and we think he's this quite sweet but kind of lonely character and the next thing we know he's got a gun at his head and he's being shot at and told he owes money and he doesn't look like the type of guy that's going to be on drugs and owing a lot of money so to know that the actually background that we're going to find out about Chris R's character will be great because we just randomly get this guy turn up with a beanie on and a gun exactly yeah it's it's funny there was a great article that came out a couple of years ago uh in entertainment weekly 
and in the article, uh, and I thought this was brilliant, you know, the, the author uh, called the scene with Chris R a plot cul-de-sac. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's brilliant. You know, I mean, Genius. it comes from nowhere. It, it goes nowhere. You just kind of drive into it, and you got to just drive back out, right? So, uh, yeah, this will be a, a great opportunity for any fans that are out there or anybody that, that loves the movie and, and has already developed an idea of where this, you know, character came from. Send that to us, uh, and again, if we use it, we'll we'll credit you and, and make you a part of uh, of room lore and history. So it'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, we'd we'd love to hear your ideas. So we're hoping to see this comic and the book um, from yourself out kind of mid next year, along with the masterpiece release. Yeah, we're trying to. We're actually in the in the process of working on the book right now. The comic again, once we once we get uh, the details of Chris's, you know, uh, where Chris came from and and whatnot, we'll. Uh, That'll be done probably over the next month and a half, and we're hoping to have everything completely locked up by January. Uh, at this point, we don't know when uh, when James Franco is going to be releasing the film. Uh, we've just been told it's sometime in 2017. So the idea is to, to do it uh, right about that same time so that, that everything kind of hits at once. And finally, have you been able to see any of this film yet from James Franco, or is it, are you just left in the dark like the rest of us? You know, I've seen what you guys have seen. You know, when, when he posts, you know, random pictures or, uh, you know, little clips, uh, that's really all I've been able to see to this point. Uh, I've reached out to, you know, I, I, again, to them quite a bit just for the idea of being able to make it to the premiere and be a part of that. I mean, I'd love to be a part of it in some way. I know a lot of the actors uh, would love to. Uh, so hopefully they'll they'll include us uh, in that uh, in that part of, of the movie and, and what they're doing. But at this point, uh, what I've seen is what you guys can see on Google. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today, Dan. And I really do believe that it sounds crazy, but 2017 is the year of The Room. We're going to get the masterpiece. We're going to get, hopefully, the TV series of The Room actors. Where are they now? We're going to get your backstory behind Chris R. We're going to get your book. Um, I'm sure Philip said he's bringing out some more comics as well behind Denny's backstory and where he went. So it's it's going to be a year for all of you to hopefully have the best year ever. I hope so, man. Like I said, it's the gift that keeps on giving. They just keep coming. So there's the interview with me and Dan. What a great guy and what a great interview. This is the whole thing about doing Mark and Me. Sometimes you don't get the best guests, but I've been on a really lucky run. And these guests, since I started doing this room project eight months ago, have all been really positive, really forthcoming with their time. They are so generous with giving me these great interviews. It's been such a pleasure. And the best thing is, we're only halfway there. We've still got more interviews to come with more people from the room. So let's move on now to Carolyn Minette. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, she plays the part of Claudette. This interview is very different to Dan, but I really can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, here is me and Carolyn talking all things The Room. The first question I've got for you is, can you tell me how it came about that you got involved in The Room? Uh, There is a publication uh, uh, that comes to the West Coast. There's one on the East Coast. It's called uh, Backstage West, and they list particularly a lot of independent films that are casting. And uh, my husband happened to notice it one day. He was looking through my the Backstage West that had just arrived. And he said, oh, hey, there's somebody in L.A. looking for someone to play a mother. Why don't you send him a headshot? It might be something. So <laughs> I did. And uh, got in, uh, he got in touch with me. Uh, I can't remember if it was... Uh, uh, 
uh, Tommy or Mark, I think it was Mark that called and said, uh, we'd like you to come up and, uh, and audition. And I did. And I got callbacks. And uh, that's how it started. I just answered a, uh, a request for uh, people to come audition. Fantastic. So once that you actually got contacted by Greg, who asked you to go along to an audition, did you know much about the film or did you just turn up on set with a number of people trying to play the part of Claudette? That's what happened. I showed up with a lot of other people auditioning for a different, all the different roles for Claudette, for Juliet, for uh, uh, Denny and, and uh, for all of the different roles. And we all auditioned, uh, some of us together in a group. Uh, Tommy was big on improv and uh, he would give us a situation and set two or three of us uh, in front of the camera and uh, say okay this is the situation now go and we did and for some reason he seemed to like what he saw me do and so he kept calling me back and I, I kept auditioning with uh, by myself and with other actors and within about two or three weeks he called me and offered me the part. That must have been amazing to get that phone call to know that you'd done enough to be in this film. Well, that's right, because you never know. You do. You go and do your best at auditions, and they either like what they see or, or you're not what they're looking for. So, it, and so I thought, oh, that's exciting, because I had never done a full-length film. And uh, I had done a couple of other independent films that were much less had much less production uh involved and uh, were done within two or three weeks and uh this was the first time i had a chance to actually do a a larger scale production and that's i thought that'll be a good experience and uh, and actually it was so once you'd accepted the part of claudette um the first day on set, so I'm trying to picture it, so obviously you've met Tommy and some of the actors before. Were you given a script beforehand, or did you just turn up on the day and they'd tell you this, the scenario that you'd have to act out? Pretty much, yeah. To begin with, we didn't have a script to work from. We just had an outline of what was going on, and um, we would. And he suggested we all sit around and improvise on uh, on our parts. Uh, which is what we did, basically. He gave us the outline that uh, of what was going on between Juliet and Johnny and uh, the, uh, the, the, the old uh, best friend, girlfriend, <laughs> behind your back uh, situation. Uh, and we mainly just sat around and uh, improvised while they were setting up uh, while they were setting up the set and uh, the set designers were there. And a lot of people milling around doing things. And uh, that's basically what we did. We just sort of were on our own to begin with. Then after about, I believe it was about two or three weeks, we, we finally had a, a written script to work with. Brilliant. So once you kind of got on with the rest of the crew members and the cast and you're a few weeks into the film, I believe that after I spoke to the rest of the cast, you didn't actually get to see any footage until the film came out and premiered. Is that the same for you? Uh, I would see bits and pieces because I would watch as they were shooting other scenes. I would, I would uh, eavesdrop and watch on the monitors that the uh, sound people were using, and uh, so I saw little bits and snatches of it. And of course, what I was doing, I did not see the film 
completed and for about a year when he held had his uh, uh, premiere uh, at on uh, at the Beverly Theater in Los Angeles. And uh, that was the first time I saw it start to finish. I would see snippets from time to time. And then, of course, about, oh, about six months before he released the film, we all had to go up and do some voiceovers for mistakes and changes that they wanted to do. And um, but it was it was at least a year or more before we uh, we saw the film completed. So once it came to that year, 12 months later, you all attended the screening to see the film for the first time. What was your initial kind of reaction after seeing the full film in its entirety? Uh, well, it was, to be honest, it was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I was, I, actually, I was somewhat impressed with some of the, uh, with the uh, uh, titles and things like that. I thought they did a, I thought those people did a very good job. I was very impressed with what the state, uh, the set mat people were doing when we were do- using just this little storeroom behind uh, uh, the uh, camera company that was uh, letting Tommy use their back lot for, uh, to shoot this thing. And uh, I was, I was very impressed with everything that was going on around me. So with the, uh, with all of the people that were there and what they were doing and how professional most of them were. And uh, when I saw it, uh, it was pretty much what I expected. Uh, we, because we had all been commiserating about, you know, we wish we could do this differently. We wish we had more direction. We wish we had, you know, um, uh, a better script. And uh, but we went with what we had. It was Tommy's baby from start to finish, and we just went with what he wanted, which uh, is what you do. I accepted the man's money, and I said, yes, I'll do the part, and I stuck to it, and I and we finished the film. Brilliant. I mean, that's really positive to hear. So, obviously, now the film's been out 14 years. Um, the film itself mm-hmm. now is considered a cult classic, which is fantastic and this film still will sell out cinemas all over the world now that must be an amazing feeling it truly is because most of us just sort of in fact <laughs> I, I was they, everybody said oh this is this you know this is not turning out the way we would like it this is, you know some of them were happy and disgruntled and i said don't worry about it this film will probably go straight to video and it will gather dust on some shelf in a video store somewhere. Little did I know, like I said, that was his baby, and Tommy did not give up on it. He marketed that film all over the world, and it paid off. It has been a, a success, not the kind most of us were thinking of, but it was. It had. he made it a success. It was uh, his thing, and he stuck with it and made it happen, and I admire him for that. Definitely. I mean, it's it's considered a classic everywhere now, and people literally, it's like a modern day Rocky Horror Show. People will turn up to the screens and take plastic spoons with them, and cinemas in London sell out every year. Every year. And actually, I had lost touch with the. I I think about a year after the premiere, he decided to put it up for a Golden Globes award, and so we were all invited to go to the. Uh, I think it's the Fox Searchlight on uh, on uh, Sunset Boulevard, and uh, because they were uh, judging all of the films that had been put up for uh, 
uh, for the Golden Globes. And so I went and uh, saw that, and I had people. I was always amazed the fact that people would come up to me and who had just seen the film and said, oh, we just loved you. <laughs> Can I have your autograph? And I said, you realize I'm not really famous. <laughs> but when people see your face on a 40-foot screen, for some reason, that makes you important to some people. I have never been able to figure out quite why, because I did not think my performance was particularly good in the movie. I, I you know, did what I, I did what I did. I see it like most actors. You see it and you went, oh God, I wish I'd have done that different. I wish I had done this different. And, uh, but for some reason, People are impressed by that fact, and and I have never quite figured it out. But uh, bless their hearts, they they when I go to the uh, midnight showings and everything, particularly young people, students will will come up and oh gee, we enjoyed it so much, and can I will you take your picture with me and all, of, which I'm happy to do, and uh, it, it's it's taken on a life that I don't think any of us realized it would happen. So next year, the release of Greg's book is being made into a film starring massive, massive right. actors and the backing yeah. of um, James Franco. That must be crazy for you. Well, yes. And like I said, I know very little about it. I, I, I don't know. I, I read the book. I read uh, uh, Mark's book. And I don't know what the movie's going to be like. So far, they have asked me for a headshot, an old headshot from that, uh, from, that from uh, about 15 years ago when we were shooting the film. And uh, I sent that to them. Then they asked me for a picture of my husband about that time. Fortunately, he's an attorney, and he did have headshots that he uses for advertising and local papers and, and what have you. So uh, we did have one of him around the same time. So uh, it's going to be interesting to find out who plays us. Uh, I have no idea. I have heard nothing about what's going on. I, I know the uh, main characters that are involved, but... Uh, We'll see what happens. It's very interesting. I think um, you'll be getting a lot more people asking you for photos next year when this film comes out. Uh, well, that, and that could happen. That could it could be uh, good for all of the original actors. So, anyway, like I say, who knew? Everybody kind of forgot about it. My son, uh, who is much more uh, plugged into uh, current technology, is kept, kept track of it. And he said, hey, you know, there's a lot going on with the room. They've got a game, all of these things. And he was the one a couple of years ago who said, hey, they're having the 11-year anniversary in Brentwood. Why don't you go? And I said, oh, I don't know. It, and, 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 of course, it was at midnight. And at the time, I was living in San Clemente, which was about 60 miles away. And I said, I don't know if I want to go all the way to L.A. No, I think you should go. I think you should go. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll go to L.A. At, at a ridiculous time of night. And, again, like I said, I was amazed all these people came rushing at me. I was surprised they even recognized me after the time that had elapsed. But... Um, Bless them! My goodness, I was so I was so impressed with the fan base. Lovely people coming up and and uh, telling me that oh gee we love the movie we think this is great and and would you sign my T-shirt would you sign me sign an autograph you know it's amazing and, uh, more more than happy to do it you know it sounds amazing and uh, it's amazing to think fourteen years ago you were going into this little film thinking it will go to DVD and now it's a cult classic that people will probably stop you in the street and quote stuff at you. Well, you know, I guess that's show business. You just don't know where it's going to take you. 
that's all, you know, because as I said, uh, I had done a couple of other independents that were taken to film festivals that did, you know, uh, I, I guess they did pretty well. I kind of, again, lost touch with those people. And, uh, but the one that everybody was, was despairing of was the one that was the, the golden, the golden film that, that turned into something. And uh, it just goes to show it, you, you don't know where it's going to take you. So looking into the future, um, I believe you've just started work on the Room Actors, Where Are They Now? alongside Juliet, Robin and Philip. How's that been? Yes, the uh, one that Robin that Robin has put she has just she has labored long and hard with this thing and really done a terrific job with her her mockumentary as she calls it and uh, she's uh, she's now more into writing than into acting although I think she still enjoys acting to some extent and uh, it, it again I've been I've been happy to take part in her production. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I've really enjoyed reuniting with my friends from the uh, from the room, the old group, and um, it's just it's just been wonderful. Actually, it's it's turned out to be a, a really nice thing for all of us. That's amazing, and I believe you play yourself in it as Caroline. You're not actually playing Claudette; you're being yourself in the that's scene. right yeah I, I but but with tinges of claudette because she has this fascination with men that look like tommy and uh, uh wants her daughter to uh to uh date the, these people with the prospect of someday getting married and uh so there's a little claudette in there too so i i claudette is still with me to some extent here Wow, so I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this when it comes out next year, and uh, I hope it does very well for you. Yes, me too. I'm dying to see the whole thing completed. I've seen again. Uh, she was showing me bits and pieces uh, of the other films that she shot, and some of the stuff she shot of me. And it looks like it's going to be really. I think she's done a really good job. So uh, it's it's going to be funny, and it's going to be fun, and uh, I think people will enjoy it. So I just want to finish by saying, what do you do now with your life? I mean, the room was 12 years, 13 years ago. How, how do you spend your days now? Well, actually, I haven't done any more uh, uh, independent films. I have been doing mostly commercials and industrials and uh, some print work. Um, just, uh, just actually, I've been kind of lazy over the last few years and... Uh, just now thinking about well my my husband is getting ready to retire we'll have more time i've been working as a, a legal assistant for my husband and uh i thought you know i i i'm going to have more time on my hands maybe i'll go back and get some new headshots done and try this all over again you know uh as i say you never know where it's going to take you it's always an adventure so uh, I, I love acting, and I love being around actors, and uh, the whole uh, the whole movie making and TV thing with the cameras and the people and the magic that, that they create, and all of that is uh, very energizing and creative. And I love being a part of it, even if it's just a small part. And uh, perhaps I'll perhaps I will go back to it. You don't know, as you said, maybe somebody will be interested in. Uh, Somebody who did a, a very bad movie 14 years ago. <laughs>
I spoke to Tommy not too long ago and I asked him if The Room 2 came out, would Claudette still be around because you had breast cancer? And he said that you survive the breast cancer and that you would still be fine to do a sequel. So could you imagine that? Oh, sure. Absolutely. In fact, that was one of the things, that's one of the things everybody has asked me, did you really have breast cancer? And I said, you know, I mentioned that to Tommy a couple of times. And I said, you know, she says, she has, is she, is this real? Or is she, is this just a method for her to manipulate her daughter? And he says, well, that's for you to figure out. (laughs) Well, Okay, I'm going to go with the manipulation. I think that makes more. She seems to, her daughter seems to show some concern for her when she says, I definitely have breast cancer, you know. That's the line that always kind of, it just seemed a bit weird because Lisa kind of just goes, oh, okay, as if you just told her you wanted a cup of tea. It's just so half-hearted. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing, everyone, whenever I'm interviewed, anybody asks me about the first, it's almost always the first question is now did you really have breast cancer <laughs> so but i just i just went with the idea that she was a manipulative woman and this was uh, one way to control her daughter to an extent so get a little sympathy from her, her her child let's say claudette didn't have breast cancer you live to make the sequel tommy has obviously <laughs> shot himself where do you see a second film coming what would happen well, it would probably be uh, 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 The Room 2 or The Room Revisited or Son of the Room, whatever it would be called. Uh, I, that's interesting because uh, uh, for the mockumentary, uh, uh, Robin asked each of us to do something to uh, that she could put up for uh, people to bid on. So I wrote a short synopsis of Claudette's life prior to and after the the room and um it just it just made it up out of my head during my lunch breaks when i was working for my husband and sent it to her she thought it was funny and she she has put it online to be bid on by people that are, are going to bid on different things uh for the room i think uh i think uh, somebody painted a picture of spoons or something and that one is up and uh so it's interesting. I had Claudette uh, married uh, about five times and uh, did a brief uh, synopsis of her relationship with all of her husbands. And I had her kind of retired in uh, San Francisco uh, with a very nice man that she's decided to settle down with in her, her twilight years. So um, uh, we'll see what happens with with that. I don't know if anybody would ever refer to that uh, to that uh, uh, scenario or not, but I think probably I have a feeling Claudette is a survivor. I think she will probably, uh, and she seems to have some money, yep. and uh, I think you know she probably is uh, making her way okay. We'll see what uh, what they would come up with as a script. Do you think Tommy, did Tommy say he would be interested in, in writing a new script? I think he said that he would, but he wouldn't have died. So he shot himself, but it didn't kill him. So he would then become... So he, would... <laughs> he... So he was just seriously wounded? Was that... Yeah, and he would come back and he would be successful and it would swap sides. So Mark and Lisa and everyone would want to be part of his life, but he would be very successful in business and very rich and he wouldn't want them anymore. Okay. 
okay, I, I'll buy that. <laughs> so the, the roles are reversed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know he told me one time he was thinking of turning it in when he was done with the movie. He was thinking of rewriting it into a uh, TV series. And I said, yeah, but you've killed off the the uh, the main uh, the main character. And he said, oh, well, well, we'll have to work around that. So, <laughs> evidently, I'm sure he'll come up with something. <laughs> Maybe the ghost of Tommy. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, it's been wonderful talking to you. I hope I gave you things you can use. Um, Absolutely. So there's the interview with me and Carolyn. Again, another strong interview. Really, really energetic. I love the story she tells us about working on set and first meeting Tommy. And I'm finding more and more different stories that are coming from this interview. Not only hers, but the next two that are coming up. Every single person has a different perspective, has a different experience. And I'm loving it that they get to share it with myself. And more importantly, the audience. You guys out there get to hear firsthand all these stories about working on set with Tommy Wiseau. The next episode is going to feature another couple of episodes, but what I want to do is just give you a bit of an update. So I was speaking to Robin only the other day, and you know from listening to the last episode that she is in charge and the producer and the director of the new series, The Room Actors, Where Are They Now? The good news that I have since talking to her is they actually now have a date with November, and they also have a company, Funny or Die, that is going to launch the whole series. So I'm absolutely thrilled that we're actually all going to get to see the room actors, where are they now? What I also want to do is get people to keep following and get some more updates. So what I want to do, there's a Twitter page for this, which is The Room Actors, so at The Room Actors. Please go and give that a follow, because Robin is working really, really hard on this project, along with all the cast of The Room. It's something that I want the world to see. But not only that, there's a Facebook page, which is just Room Actors Mockumentary. Type that in the little search bar and give that a like, because they are updating people with regular updates, trailers, backstage stuff, loads of stuff that is very, very fascinating and will add more and more to the experience when this actual documentary and mockumentary comes on to Funny or Die in only a couple of months' time. Thank you again to Carolyn and Dan for taking the time to talk to me today. And as always, we've got a couple more interviews coming up in only a few days' time, which will be the conclusion to this trilogy of The Room Actors, Where Are They Now? Hit me up on Facebook, guys. Hit me up on Twitter. Keep the comments coming. The feedback is crucial, and it's why I do this podcast. So please, markandme.com has all the links, and it's only going to be a few more days' time until we speak again. (laughs) 